This is the John Clark Cast, and in this episode, I'm sitting down with Dr. Amy Fortney Parks, a group practice owner in the Northern Virginia area. And in this episode, we're talking about um, how to become a speaker and an expert uh, in your area, uh, how to uh, grow an email list, do it consistently, how to engage that email list, how to learn from others outside the industry, how to work on your mindset and deal with anxiety. Uh, how teaching is uh, is is quite similar to sales, and how to look for the yellow. You'll find out what that means very soon. Uh, without further ado, let's dive in. Before we get into the interview, I just want to remind you, if you're a listener of this show, I need your help in growing it. So you can do a few things. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, uh, iTunes for most people or wherever you are listening. You can share your favorite episode directly with a friend or five friends. Um, You could share an episode to your email list. Um, You could share it on uh, Instagram or Facebook or wherever you and your therapist friends hang out. Um, Just help me spread the word and I appreciate it so much. Dr. Amy Fortney Parks describes herself as a lifelong educator, passionate psychologist, and often stressed out, but mostly happy mom of four. She's the executive director of Wise Mind Solutions, a Northern Virginia-based practice focused on children, teen, and families. She's also the owner of The Wise Family, a comprehensive brand for kids and parents designed to inspire, educate, and energize families. Amy, it's good to see you and welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I'm really excited to be here. I listen to your show all the time, so I'm super excited to be uh, be a voice on the radio with Perfect. you. It's terrific. You can, you can say hello to yourself now and then... Yeah, very exactly. <laughs> it's very fun. Cool. Well, you already have a lot of great branding within your bio, and you know I'm big on branding, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, and I'm always, you know, I, I, I bow to your to your expertise. So I, I'm always happy to hear that. And I love it. you really, I mean, you uh, you really upped our game in a lot of ways um, and, and challenged us. So I was really cool. excited about that. Yeah, I want to get into your brand because you've, you have a brand that really stands out. I mean, it only took me one time, you know, I, probably, I must look at 50 therapist websites a week and it only took me one time to look at yours and remember the name and remember oh. remember the colors and remember uh the owl <laughs> very good well we had guy. the owl way before it was cool good now good. owls are everywhere and i have so many owls it's insane yeah yeah um but the funny thing is a lot of people call me dr wise and i thought darn you know if only that were my name <laughs> could be could be a couple a couple so, of legal you know pieces of legal paperwork you know, you know just yeah. <laughs> Well, give, give me a, you know, a, let's expand on that bio a little bit. So just who are you and, and kind of how did you get here? And then we'll get into some of our other questions about, um, about your business. Yeah, sure. So um, I have been in the field of working with children and teens and families for about 30 years. Um, I figure I've probably worked with thousands of, of 
families and, and kids and teens. And I worked for about 20 years for a school district uh, as a school psychologist and a school counselor. So I did a lot of work in alternative ed. Mm-hmm. And then I really decided to branch out on my own. So about 10 years ago, in fact, WISE is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. So we're going to do a big kickoff, I think, in June um, of a rebranding of our website. Not rebranding, a soft relaunch of our website and some other fun stuff. So anyway, for about 10 years and about three years ago, a mutual friend of ours, Joe Sanok, convinced me that I needed to have a group practice. Um, and <laughs> he, he does so, that to people sometimes. <laughs> he's good at that. He's really good at that. And he had some really good reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so I took the leap. And um, so I've had a group practice for about three years. I have five part-time therapists um, who kind of come in and out of the office. So um, we only see children, teens, and families. Uh, we only do that work. Uh, we do do some, you know, co-parenting work, and we're maybe branching into a little mediation with couples um, in terms of like uh, custody sort of things. But um, we're very clear that our niche is here, and uh, we stay in our lane pretty well, um, which has allowed us to have some really great relationships with other you know, collateral people in the community that work with children and teens. So it's been pretty fun. So that's sort of what I guess my day job is. And on the side, (laughs) um, I do a ton of speaking um, Mm -hmm. around the country. um, And uh, I recently um, did some speaking in Hawaii when you were there. And uh, that was really exciting. and, um, And have done a lot of conferences and things talking specifically about the brain and how um, our knowledge of the brain is expanding and exploding, and how if we have a sense of how our brains work and we can learn how our children's brains are developing, we can help um, guide and understand thoughts Mm -hmm. and behaviors a bit better and feel a little bit more confident and competent in our parenting and and, and Mm -hmm. in our work with children. So this is really kind of applies to parents to, to teachers, to therapists, is it really anybody that's working with youth, sure. um, understanding that. So, so I'm writing a book and I'm writing a book in my, in my mind. Perfect. That's <laughs> how it all starts. <laughs> I'm writing a book in my mind and, um, it's getting on paper. And so pretty soon that will come out and, um, probably around Christmas time. And that will be sort of, awesome. uh, a lot of culmination of a lot of this stuff. So. Good Christmas gift to your fellow therapists and yeah, I'm hoping so and other people. Uh, so um, I, I want to talk about the speaking thing because I hear a lot of therapists say that they want to speak, but they kind of don't know where to start. It's kind of like, or, or some therapists will just kind of they'll they'll start speaking in their mind or they'll start thinking in their mind, "I'm going to become a speaker," but then it doesn't necessarily just happen. So how did it? Um, how did you create those opportunities? Yeah. So, um, well, so I worked as a teacher. So because I worked in schools for so long, you, you really become, um, I mean, I, I trained early on, uh, as a, in college as an educator. So, um, I really started out doing that teaching thing and really teaching is sales. So if you have ever done sales, you can teach. And if you've ever taught, you can do sales. Um, because it's teaching is about selling a kid on why they need to know something. Um, and so I've always kind of had that gift of gab and really been able to tell a story and really been able to, um, you know, to share a message and to, you know, 
kind of create a lesson around a topic. And so about, um, gosh, maybe 15 years ago or so, I started kind of casting about for some people that had developed some trainings for uh, people that work with youth around Mm -hmm. the brain because it was really interesting to me at the time. And there was really nothing. Um, And I started kind of looking and looking and, and I got hooked up with various people that had created some slide presentations and some things like that. And I really just sort of started winding my way through what was available and um, started to see that really there was a a reason for someone with my level of experience and my education to be able to share information with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of, I I don't think I fell into it per se. I really was consciously looking for the options, but it didn't really exist. And, and now it has, and, now it has become much more of a thing. So if someone were to want to speak, certainly, you know, they, they need to speak from their area of expertise and their area of, of, of education and, um, you know, bring it to a small audience. Um, you know, I think the best audiences, if you work with kids, the best audiences to start with are PTAs. They don't pay you, but, um, they're, it's a great way to start getting your feet wet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I really just kind of started there and, uh, and then it sort of grew from there and then it became really kind of a passion for me and I pursued some more serious, um, education with, uh, Larry Wingett and Suzanne, mm-hmm. um, Suzanne Evans, who are big, big speaking mm-hmm. people in the speaking world, like in the National Speakers Association sort of area. And, um, so, you know, for therapists, the tricky thing is that there are not a lot of people that are paying for what we have to say. So you do have to kind of think about how you are supporting the people that might pay you businesses and things like that. But I think there's lots of room for it. Well, two things. One is sometimes speaking is where you can kind of stretch your legs a bit with your ideas, start to share them, start to get kind of proof of concept in a way with your ideas, like you said, in a small group or just with whoever is wants the information, whoever in your close right. circle, your, your media circles wants the information. Um, and also there's so much that can come from a, a speaking engagement of any kind. So even if you're not getting paid, right, you have a service, a service or product yeah. in your case, a book, all these things. But for a therapist, it could be, you, you know, you speak and then you get one client from it and that client generates a few thousand dollars for your business. Exactly. Mm -hmm. In my area, I don't ever charge a school to speak the first time. Um, and I almost always leave with at least 25, 30, 35 people on my list to add to my list, Mm -hmm. um, who get my weekly email. And, um, when I do bigger audiences, the reason why I decided to write the book was because I would speak about something and I would have a line of people afterwards that wanted to talk to me. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I think that as therapists, we undervalue our zone of genius. Mm. And that is sort of the area that you know so well that you don't understand why other people don't get that. You're like, wait a second, don't you understand how your brain works when you're feeling anxious? Like, mm-hmm. why doesn't everybody know that? And that's because it's your zone of genius. You, mm-hmm. It's so natural to you that you just don't think about it. And so I think as therapists, we undervalue that. And so I would have these speaking opportunities and I would leave and people were still hungry. 
And so then that was the clue to me that, hmm, maybe I should do something to sell them something afterwards or, or give them something, of course. But, um, you know, I need to extend this relationship and there's more that I could share. So that was sort of how that happened. It's very smart. We have to, we always have to think of the next step for people whenever you're engaging or building an audience or building a business or whatever. So a mistake is that some therapists who will do the right things in setting up a speaking engagement will do the speaking engagement, do it really well. And at the end they go, okay, bye. Thanks for coming. And right. And I go, well, how are you going to keep in touch with all those people that now really like you and want to hear more? It's like, Oh, whoops. Forgot. Yeah. So I have a very specific (laughs) process. So I do one of two things, depending on the audience. I either give them a number that they can text And they text that number. I use MailChimp for my, I've gone through all the fancy ones and I went back to MailChimp because I don't need fancy. Um, Maybe I do, but I don't think I do. So anyway, um, they can text a number and it puts them through kind of an onboarding, quick onboarding sequence. Um, Or I give them a card. I don't have any in front of me, but it's just a regular card. I have it printed and it asks for their email address. And if they'd like to speak to me privately, they can check a little box. And then on the back of it, they can ask a question. And so the fun part of that has been that when I get the back of the card, that tells me what I need to write my next blog about. Extremely smart. It builds in, Mm -hmm. yeah, it builds in sort of a natural sort of mechanism for what are people thinking about right now. And so that works out really well. So I do that. Um, I I try to have a pretty decent nurturing sequence, but it always needs work. Um, And then uh, I always follow up, always, always, always write a thank you note, personal handwritten thank you note to the person that booked me. Wow. Um, I don't care who it is. It it can be anybody. But that's a huge thing Mm -hmm. because um, when you do that, you are saying how it was so important to you that, that, that they made that connection for you. And because of that handwritten note, I get so many callbacks. And that's like a tiny little thing, but it makes a huge difference because people don't do it. Totally. Totally. Now, I mean, there's a lot in there and I'm really impressed. First of all, you're doing a lot more than most therapists. <laughs> And you're thinking ahead. Uh, You're thinking about your marketing all the time, which is essential. But how did you learn to do all these things? Well, it's funny because I met a um, I met a therapist who's from Australia when we were in. There's a lot of therapists in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, so I met Joe Meerhead, who was in Hawaii with Mm -hmm. us, and she said, "Amy, you are you're you're odd." And I'm Uh like, "What do you mean by that?" This could go She's anywhere. Like, you're, friends, you're friends on Facebook with a lot of people that most people aren't friends with that are in our circle. So kind of what happened was, um, I guess sort of by accident, I have a friend who wrote a book and she is, uh, it's called The Healthy Girl's Guide to Breast Cancer. And she is in New York in all these circles that do masterminds and marketing and speaking and things like that. And so in hooking up with her, becoming friends with her through a, 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 a mastermind with somebody else that was a business sort of life coach person that we hooked up with about 10 years ago, 
Um, I just got sort of rolling into this group of people that do marketing and, and do business outside of the therapy space. Yeah, they're non-therapists. They're not therapists. Yeah. They're not therapists, even remotely. I mean, yeah, they're like the Gary. I mean, I've 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 been in a room with Gary Vanderchuck, sat next to him. He was he I, he insulted me, and it was just typical. <laughs> so anyway, but he um, did you he know, tell you're not times, posting enough times a day to Instagram? No, no, no. I asked him. I said because we could <laughs> ask him one question, and I said, I said, <laughs> I said, what would be some, the one question that you would want to ask? a psychologist that a special, a child and adolescent psychologist, like I had to word the thing really perfectly. Right. Cause I had like 30 seconds. What would be the one question? Cause yes, children, what would be the one question you'd want to ask a child psychologist about your children, about parenting? He said, I wouldn't want to ask them any, absolutely anything. I'm a great parent. <laughs> I'm, like, okay. I'm, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> I'm not even remotely surprised. I, but I, I was thought like, okay, he would probably that. say, yeah, I, I already, yeah, I already know how to parent or, just tell your children to, to hustle harder, grind harder, cut out the right, BS. Right. You know, that's kind of his whole brand. So I've like... sort of run in those circles a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and, so, and, and a lot of those people are super fun and super energetic and are doing totally different things. I mean, not therapy things. And so because I was running in those circles and I knew people that were doing marketing and doing speaking marketing and things, I have just sort of developed and and built that and sort of put it back into therapy. The thing that's been fun is that I've been able to stay in my therapy lane, but take all this stuff and, and bring it to here, which I think is pretty, pretty cool. Like I didn't get distracted Mm -hmm. by that stuff, which Mm is amazing to me that I didn't get distracted. (laughs) Well, there's just so much that we're missing uh, as therapists, there's so much that we don't know. And there's so much, uh, just doing whatever your neighbor's doing, mm-hmm. even if mm-hmm. it's not working, or even if you don't know why you're doing it or, you know, to, yeah, there's a lot of examples of that, but it's essential well, to, that kind of other speaks to my thing. I know mm-hmm. when you you're going to ask me later, sort of what I want to say to all therapists and, mm-hmm. and what you're saying right now speaks to that. So mm-hmm. when we get to that, we'll, we can circle back around to this, but I think that there are a lot of things that we're not um, we're not paying attention to because we feel like we don't fit into that crowd, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say more about that. Let's just do that question. What do you what do you want every therapist to hear? Yeah, well, I think that the, what what I want every therapist to hear is that um, you really can never stop learning, and that you need to come to every training, every opportunity, every client session with a beginner's mind. And when you see someone that you think is doing fabulous stuff, start following them and start following the five people around them and build your circles that way, because that's how you start to get connected with really cool people that are doing really cool things. So if you see a person that's doing something that you want to follow, that you want, oh, I wish my business was like that. I wish my brand was Mm -hmm. like that. I wish my practice looked like that. Then look at that person, start following them and follow some people, you know, around in their circles and start paying attention to what they're doing. That's all I did. So when I see somebody that's doing, and I'm not saying copy them, but, but follow them. So when I see somebody like you, who's doing like, you know, certain stuff on Google and you're, and you're building this, like, I'll watch how you're doing it. 
there's a guy who's launching a book um, from Australia and um, in the coming months, and I've been watching his sequence of how he's doing things. So even if it is your neighbor mm -hmm. and you like how your neighbor's doing something, Start thinking, okay, well, how can I incorporate into that into my values? How do I incorporate that into what I do on a daily basis? How can I make that work for me? Mm -hmm. I love it. I, I mean, yeah, even, even just a piece of it, um, you, there's, there's always something you can take. Um, as an example, when I was trying to learn more about email marketing, uh, I just subscribed to everyone's email list I could find. <laughs> yeah. And I went through their nurturing sequence. I did their opt-in. Uh, I even responded to some emails. And I still do that a little bit just to see what's working to gauge my own reaction to other people's marketing. It's very valuable information for you. Yep, Because ultimately, you're, you're going to do it the way that you're going to do it. But uh, it needs to be informed, informed enough. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I think too many therapists give up too soon on something, um, you know, and without really trying for long enough. So, well, well so well, what's, um, I mean, and mm -hmm, go ahead. giving, doing therapy is, is hard work. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you, one of the, I'm, I'm preempting all your questions for you, John, but one of the <laughs> questions you also ask is like, what was my biggest setback? And mm -hmm. I think for therapists and for everybody really, but for therapists, it's a lot of mindset, um, because you're spending a lot of time in a lot of people's yuck, right? And it's so easy to stay there. And it's mm -hmm. so challenging to come out of that and live your life and have a family and do that, that to think about figuring out how to follow some speaker person that you think would be really cool is like mind blowing for people. And so leverage, you know, you and I both, I know are big believers in leverage your time. If you can't do that, find someone who could do that for two hours a week for you. Um, you know, start small, but, but understand that it's a huge energetic drain to do our work and recognize that and honor that. And if there are more, if there are other things that you want to do, set aside a day that you're not seeing clients. Mm -hmm. Um, because when I started, and this was from Joe Sanok, you know, when I started no noticing that if I saw a client, you know, for $200 an hour or whatever it was, you know, whatever it is. $100 an hour. And then I spent an hour doing something to up level my business. There was, there was, uh, you know, not equal payoff. Like I could, mm -hmm. I would get so much more from that hour. So I, I could see individual clients and then I could spend a day up leveling my business with just mates that go like this. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is that, that we can't see the fruits of our labor right away. So sometimes it, therapists actually, they gravitate toward their clinical work almost too much and, and neglect the business or neglect the email list or the opt-in or the speaking engagement or whatever, whatever it is, like the website, whatever it is, it's going to actually uh, reap, reap some rewards a bit later. We're really not good with delayed gratification. There's probably all sorts of brain stuff about this, but uh, part of the appeal and I think what's like gratifying for therapists is see a client make money, see a client make money right? Or even be handed money. Think about that as a reinforcement cycle or think about that behaviorally. And so therapists can go on and on neglecting other parts of their businesses because they can't, they don't understand the idea of scale. They don't understand, they don't have a plan, right? They're just kind of getting through the day and then hoping that the business still stays afloat 
just by right. some magic out there. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and most of the time you're, you're right. The reinforcements are there. So it's, it's sort of easy to kind of continue to move through this, through the steps and that's okay. If that's where you want to stay, that's fantastic. We need more therapists. We need people working with other human beings. We need that. And if you want to do something else, then you do have to recognize there has to be room for that. And so when you make room for that, then, you know, that will, that will happen. So you have mm -hmm. to, you have to sort of make some decisions about that. And, and that's, I think the tricky thing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, um, what, uh, what else is having the biggest impact on, on you and your business right now? You know, um, I was thinking a lot about this question and I decided that the biggest impact on me, I think the question was the biggest impact on my business and the biggest impact on the profession. I think that those were the questions and the answer to both of those are, is the word anxiety. Um, because I think the thing that has the biggest impact on people's businesses, especially therapists who are, have no idea how to run a business is so much anxiety around the process. I mean, just being on, a group practice face Facebook group and the anxiety around, can I send out an email to my email list? Does it have to be HIPAA compliant? Yeah. <laughs> like really? That's like why, why does it, ha why? No, of course it doesn't. That's <laughs> silly. I mean, you know, and so just the anxiety around rule following and doing mm, it right. And, yep. and I believe yep. so strongly in failing fast, mm -hmm. just do it. And if you're wrong, then wipe it up and do it again. This has um, everything to do with your outcome and everything to do with your success. There are a lot of therapists listening right now who are completely paralyzed by the what ifs and by yeah, getting in trouble, doing it wrong, pissing someone off, charging too much, charging too little. And right. it's absolute madness and it absolutely needs to stop. And you have to face that within yourself at some point if you're going to move forward. Or, uh, you know, I've been trying to give this permission lately. Sometimes business isn't for everyone. If you can't overcome that anxiety and you can't push through and you can't deal with, uh, you know, new novel ambiguous situations where you feel like you don't have the skills yet. Well, get the skills. Right, right. It's so. really fascinating to me as therapists where our job is about being uncomfortable and encouraging our clients across from us to embrace sort of the feeling of discomfort. Mm -hmm. Yet we are so discomfort, discomfort averse. I mean, we're so terrified oh, yeah. well, to be uncomfortable. It's because we're trained clinically to deal with ambiguity, right? Or to deal with the fact that even in therapy, therapy itself and the process is an ambiguous, you know, task uh, in a way. And so we learn to reconcile with that or to reconcile with, let's say, a client who's kind of suicidal. And we learn you have the you have some of the best, you know, most veteran therapists who can deal with uh, something as nuanced as that. But again, won't even look at their own profit and loss statement or won't even look at their business because they're so right. They feel so um, just, yeah, unprepared and. And I've been there. I mean, I, I yeah. am not the, the saint of, of all things discomfort. I mean, I, it took me a long time to look at my profit, mm -hmm. profit loss statement. One year I didn't pay my Virginia taxes on time. Yeah, and I happens. took me like two months <laughs> to like call and admit that I ha had 
failed at adulting and I had not done it. And, you know, I mean, it just, it does, it certainly does happen to all of us. Well, it's about what you uh, make of it though. You know, it's like if you could go, well, I forgot to pay my quarterly taxes or whatever. I'm a failure. I suck. I'm not a good business owner. Or you could go, it happened. I'm going to take it on the chin and, you know, fix the situation and move forward. Right. So it's really not about, like you said, it's not, it is about failing fast and it's not about, oh my gosh, what if I fail? It's about, having failures all the time, but then how do you recover from them? Right. Well, and so that's where, that's what's impacting our profession too. Um, and, and, and our clients, because I see anxiety on a on a daily basis to the point that I'm concerned that we're almost even overusing the word. Um, but it's really curious. People are so terrified of making Mm -hmm. a mistake. So terrified of letting their children make a mistake. Mm -hmm so terrified of going down a road that they feel like is going to take them the wrong way. And um, so I think, you know, in a, as, our, as a profession and as a personal, you know, in my personal life, I think, you know, I see that the most as the most impactful um, phenomenon that's happening right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's worrisome. I mean, I think that, that we, we have created in our brains this sort of, um, restriction through anxiety and being worried and fearful and afraid to fail that doesn't allow us to have the freedom. I mean, there are certain mechanisms in the brain that can't function when you're anxious. And so we've limited our ability to remember things and to, um, to celebrate things and to recognize things that are going well. Um, I always tell therapists, um, whenever I have a meeting with therapists and I actually tell everybody this, so So let me just say it out there. This is part of my book in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is that um, if I tell you right now that I want you to spend the rest of the day today looking for the color yellow, just everywhere you look, just pay attention and notice when you see the color yellow. And then tomorrow you're going to report back to me and you're going to say, holy heck, you know, I saw more yellow yesterday than ever. Mm -hmm. Everything is yellow. What is that about? And I'm going to tell you, look, there was no more yellow, John, yesterday than there was today. Mm -hmm. But you were paying attention to it. You were noticing it. And so when we're noticing the things that make us anxious and the things that make us worried and the things that are getting in the way of our success, there's more than we can even handle. And if we start noticing the things that are not getting in the way, the things that are going well, the things that are successes, we're going to start seeing more of those too. Very powerful. It's going to be hard to top that here in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you, is there anything we're missing? But that's that's enough for therapists to chew on for a few weeks and try to implement. Because it's one thing to understand that in concept. It's another thing to do it every day, you know, and to to reconcile with with our own anxiety. But it really is incomplete parallel with a, a therapist's success or a business owner's success. So, well, with that because being it's said, completely mm-hmm. incompatible. I mean, it's incompatible to look for something that's going wrong mm-hmm. while you're also looking for something that's going right. Those are two incompatible circumstances. So, anyway. Well, yeah, and we have we can make them both voluntary. It's just that anxiety tends to be, you know, um, uh, voluntary for to some extent. Um, but but yeah. So, well, this has just been chock full of amazing information. Which is why Good. I wanted to have you on. So you did not Good. disappoint. Good, I'm excited. 
<laughs> um, is anything missing from the conversation? Anything else you want to say as we wrap up here? And then um, you can kind of lead us out with uh, how people can find out more about you and how they can uh, get in touch. Yeah, I wanted to say um, it took me a long time to answer the question you asked of what I wish I had known five years ago, mm -hmm. because there's so much I wish I had known five years ago and stuff I wish I had known yesterday and <clears throat> and all of that. But I think one of the most important closing sort of messages I want to share is that so much of what we do in daily life and in our work as therapists is about having a mindset of you know, a beginner's mind, a mindset of being open to the possibilities and learning and, um, you know, staying kind of alert to life. Um, and if we can't do that for whatever reason, then we as therapists need to feel less shame around getting our own help. So I wish five years ago I had started working with a therapist then and um, I started working with a master therapist, like a, a therapist, a master therapist just to me means somebody that's been doing it longer than mm -hmm. me. But um, and about three years ago, and that was really powerful for me because it helped me to to get rid of some of the stuff, like offload some of the stuff I was carrying around from my cases mm -hmm. and, you know, in my own life. And so I would say, um, you know, capturing that mindset is about asking for help when you can't. That's it. Wonderful. Amy, how can people find out more about you? So um, we have a website now that's going to change hopefully around June the 1st uh, a little bit, but it's called, um, our website is thewisefamily.com, thewisefamily.com. And our logo is a bunch of owls. So look for the owls. Um, there's one owl falling off the branch. It's an owl family, which is pretty fun. And when you go to our site, there'll be a pop-up and you can um, sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is all kinds of brain-related and family-related sort of um, information. We'd love for you to do that. You can also find us on social media at Wise Families. We're on Facebook and Instagram. So either way, Perfect. like that. That's it. Amy, thanks so much for doing this and for spending some time with me. Thanks, John. I loved it. And I hope you're having a great day there. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a great interview, really, really fun interview and lots of wisdom coming from Amy. Your only homework assignment after today, other than implementing whatever you learned uh, from Amy, is to help me grow this show. Tell a friend, leave us a review on iTunes, uh, send your favorite episode to a handful of therapist friends, etc. Just help us get the word out and I do appreciate it so much. Uh, have a great week. Take care of yourself and I'll see you very soon.